Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Does the God of the Bible know of other gods? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. With me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. We began a couple days ago going through a Gospel Topics essay produced by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, an essay titled Becoming Like God. It was posted on February 24th. 2014 on the official LDS website known as LDS.org. Yesterday we began looking at some of the Bible passages that Mormons think supports the notion that mortal human beings can eventually become like God. And in the section, What Does the Bible Say About Humans' Defined Potential?, the first sentence says, Several biblical passages intimate that humans can become like God. Our response to that premise was the Joseph Smith translation, Isaiah 46, 9, which reads virtually the same as the King James Version, where it says, Remembering the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Well, if the God of the Bible says there is none like me, why do Mormons assume that they can become like God? And when they say that, folks, they're not just meaning in the context of emulating God's holiness and righteousness, which of course we could never do anyway, but they mean that they will ontologically become a deity and repeat a process that they believe has been going on since eternity past. Because let's not forget, the God that Mormons are worshiping, he's not the first God. He's not the primary cause of all things. Mormonism doesn't have a primary cause. The God of Mormonism is an offspring of a God that preceded him. And that God is also the offspring of another deity that preceded him, going back into eternity past. It's known as an infinite regression of gods. Just citing Isaiah 46.9 is not enough. I think we can press the case even harder by going through some of the other passages in the book of Isaiah. Now you have to understand, the book of Isaiah was written specifically as many of the major and minor prophets. They were written in judgment to a sinful nation of Israel. One of the primary sins that Israel had committed that God was not about to overlook was their idolatry and turning their faith to false gods. That certainly is the theme of Isaiah and a lot of the other major and minor prophets. Some Mormons have argued that those verses that speak of only one God is referring primarily to the notion of idols, but as we are going to demonstrate, that's not true. It has a much broader application than just idols. And we're going to prove that just by going and looking at Isaiah 43.10. This is what it says. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. Before me there was no God formed, 
neither shall there be after me. Now, let's go back to what I said earlier in the show. In Mormonism, they believe that their God, the one they call Heavenly Father, Elohim, is the offspring of another God that preceded him. How is that possible in light of Isaiah 43.10 when it says, Before me, there was no God formed. The God of the Bible, the God of Isaiah, is proclaiming that he is the first. Mm -hmm. He is the last. There is no God before him, so he cannot be the offspring of another deity that happened to precede him in time. But it goes on to say, neither shall there be after me. There won't be any gods after him. Now, if this was merely a reference to idols... You could say this. This is how Isaiah 43.10 would read in this portion. I am he. Before me there was no idol formed, neither shall there be any idols after me. Now that makes no sense at all, because every idol of man is, of course, formed after the God speaking here in Isaiah. So you can't just limit it to an idol made out of wood or an idol made out of metal of some sort. No, the application is much broader. What God is declaring to a sinful Israel here is, no matter what you turn to, it is not the true and living God. It is not the God that brought you out of the land of Egypt. And that phrase is used over and over again among the prophets in the Old Testament. And if you're a Christian trying to share your faith with another person and the issue becomes God, I think this is probably the best verse you could start off with, with the Latter-day Saint, and ask, what do they think it says when it says that there is no God before or after God here? I mean, that's... I I think that's a great question. I just don't think uh, a lot of Latter-day Saints have thought this all the way through. There's more, folks. That's not the only verse. When we look, for instance, at Isaiah 44, 6... It says, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts... I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. Now, Joseph Smith, in the Joseph Smith translation, renders it almost exactly the same. He says, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, and I am the last, and besides, he puts an S on the word beside, and he says, besides me, there is no God. Now, that doesn't change the meaning. No. But it shows that Joseph Smith at least touched it. It was something that I guess he would say I was inspired to correct. Although the correction is so minor, it doesn't change the meaning at all. But the fact is, folks, the God of the Bible, the God of Isaiah, he says that beside him, there is no God. Now, remember in Mormonism, They don't believe in a trinity. See, as a Trinitarian, this verse has no problem for me. It should have problems for a tritheistic Mormon who believes that the Father is a God, the Son is a God, and the Holy Ghost is a God. That would be three gods within the Godhead alone. Now, if that's true, then you would have a problem with Isaiah 44, 6. I am the first and I am the last, and besides me, there is no God. Because in a tritheistic understanding of the Godhead, there most certainly would be other gods beside him. At least you'd have Jesus and the Holy Ghost. And verse 8 goes on and says, Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time, and have declared it? Ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, There is no God. 
I know not any. Bill, isn't our God an omniscient God who knows everything? How could he not know if there really was in existence other gods? I think that's a fair question to ask. Joseph Smith renders it virtually the same in the Joseph Smith translation or the inspired version. Isaiah 44, 8 reads basically the same way, except again, he puts an S on the word beside where it reads, is there a God besides me? Yea, there is no God, I know not any. If this is the way it's to be understood, then in a tritheistic understanding that Mormons are supposed to have, as laid down by the leadership of the church, does the Heavenly Father know Jesus? Hmm. Does Jesus know the Holy Ghost? This would give the impression that they wouldn't know any other gods in a tritheistic understanding. In a Trinitarian concept, I have no problem with this. It's not difficult. But, of course, for a Mormon, holding that there are three separate gods within the Godhead, that should be a problem for them. In Isaiah chapter 45, verse 5, it says, I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. In the Joseph Smith translation, reads virtually the same. Again, he puts an S on the word beside. So it reads, I am the Lord, there is none else, there is no God besides me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. And then we also have Isaiah forty-five fourteen. It says, there is none else, there is no God. There is none else, there is no God. Reads the same in the Joseph Smith translation. We also have verse 18. I am the Lord, and there is none else. So it gives the impression, it seems, that there's only one God, right? Yeah. Now you might ask, well, why did Joseph Smith do that? Why did he seem to make such a huge blunder, especially when you look at verse 21, where it says, and there is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior, there is none beside me. Verse 22, look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. My question is, why does he say this? Well, could it be possible that he maybe changed his mind after the completion in 1833 of the inspired version? And I would say that probably is the correct answer. It seems like Joseph Smith, at the time he gives us the Book of Mormon, which of course is not past 1830, and the time he gives us the inspired version of the Bible, and inspired is certainly is in quotation marks, we're talking about 1833. This is still relatively early in Joseph Smith's quote-unquote ministry as a leader of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which of course in those early years wasn't even called the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but that's a whole nother program. But the point is, is you're right, Eric, Smith was not believing in a plurality of gods at this time. You can see him kind of evolve over the years to where, for instance, in 1835, he starts to teach that there's two members within the Godhead, the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit wasn't even a part of the Godhead in Joseph Smith's theology in 1835, at least the way it's recorded in the lectures on faith, which of course was decanonized later on. But we do see this evolution going on in Joseph Smith's theology. And you're You're exactly right, and uh, the Book of Mormon is not a place a Mormon can go to help explain that there are other gods in existence. In fact, it rejects that idea, and so you don't really find this concept until later in Joseph Smith's life and in later Doctrine and Covenant sections, like Section 130. 
Well, not only that, we look at section 20 in the Doctrine and Covenants. Verse 17, it says, By these things we know that there is a God in heaven who is infinite and eternal from everlasting to everlasting, the same unchangeable God, the framer of heaven and earth and all things which are in them. That goes along with Moroni 8.18 in the Book of Mormon. and, And that says, For I know that God is not a partial God, neither a changeable being, but he is unchangeable from all eternity to all eternity. In principle, I can agree with what it says here in the DNC, because I do believe as a Christian that God was always God, but that is not what Mormons are led to believe. They are told, as Joseph Smith taught towards the end of his life, that God was once a human being like us. And that's really the whole essence of what this essay is about, showing that Mormons believe that mere mortal humans, sinful humans, by the way, have the potential to become a God. But yet we find in the Book of Mormon, in this passage I just read from section 20, verse 17 out of the Doctrine and Covenants, it gives the impression that God was always God. If your concept of God is corrupt, then your theology is corrupt. And I would also say in closing that this would prove that Joseph Smith is in fact a false prophet because one of the tests of a true prophet of God is that they would teach or uplift the God of the Bible. And in Deuteronomy 13, it says very clear that if a prophet arises and tries to sway you away to believe in false gods, you can know that that man is not a true prophet of God. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.